to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Jo Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the land where this conversation takes place, and I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Today I'm chatting to Melbourne cake couturier Aidan Robinson from Chic de Party, and what an absolute pleasure it was. Aidan got in touch with me through Instagram and I am so happy that he did. Aidan's one of those chefs who so love what they do that it almost shines out of them. Aidan always knew he wanted to be a chef, and more specifically a pastry chef. He started his career aged 15 in Manchester, did his apprenticeship at a Michelin star restaurant in Devon before moving to London and getting a job on pastry at Heston Blumenthal's dinner. After four years, Aidan was ready for a change and was offered a job at the newly opened dinner by Heston in Melbourne, which he loved for the three years it lasted, before being told, along with the rest of the staff, that they would have no job in a week. Valentine's Day 2020 was the last day for the restaurant, which for Aidan meant no sponsorship and major visa problems. We talk about all that in the conversation, so I'll skip ahead to the spoiler, everything is fine now. Actually, it's better than fine. Aidan is thriving, making beautiful treats for his own business, Chic to Party, working as a private chef to a retired Melbourne entrepreneur and basically living life like it's golden. We met at Kirk's Wine Bar in Hardware Lane in the city, and Aidan was a darling and bought me an Aperol Spritz. So you'll hear all that too. Settle in and enjoy the conversation. It's lovely to meet you. You too. <laughs> Can I get, you want a drink? First, I would love or? a drink. Yeah, let's thinking? do that. Um, Aperol or you... Oh, Aperol is a good idea. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for seeing me. Oh, of course. Because um, I think I found you through... You, you know a few of my friends from dinner. I know, I seem to be talking to a few of you. And I just spoke to another one, Gareth. Uh, at, oh, um, yeah, Tarts that's the one. Oh, amazing. <laughs> So not for conversation with a chef, but for um, broadsheet, they okay. sent me to him because yep. he was in the cookbook, the broadsheet cookbook. Yes. So I think it's part of that sort of pushing that a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So me and Gareth worked together. Yeah, I know that. Pastry. Well, you would have. That's right. Yeah, yeah. you know, Ek and Rasheen and yeah, I'm not sure who else, maybe, but um, I feel like someone else said something to me about. I just feel like dinner by Heston has been cropping up a lot lately. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, either a lot of us stayed and made something of ourselves otherwise most of them had to go back home yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah i could yeah. i mean i was hearing um danny valance indignance and outrage on the um the podcast and absolutely like i don't yeah, yeah. i was one of the more unfortunate ones i i guess because i was actually moved here yeah from london um so when it did end like my sponsor was invalid didn't have a job i couldn't get a job because no one wanted to transfer that visa at the time before covid but, but like, the, even hearing how much it costs to transfer a visa when yeah. you know staff are in short supply and all of those kinds of things they're making it very hard for hospital five thousand dollars yeah and that was two years ago yeah <laughs> so it was crazy it's crazy um but as you say i mean you've been here three years and you've got you know your partner and like five years now five years well, yeah, five yeah. years now that's yeah. right and um so it, it was home and it still is it is home yeah. so yeah 
So it wasn't great. And we only got a week's notice. I'm sure you've heard all the stories. Yeah, I know. Literally kicked on the street. Literally. I know. Well, After you... seven years for me. Yeah. Four years in London and three years here. So, you know. It's outrageous, isn't it? I mean, and really, in, in hearing yeah, Danny say about, you know, Crown is such a big em- employer in, um, in hospitality giant. I yeah, just... <laughs> exactly. But Crown, I think, itself was a very dodgy game as well. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a shame yeah. how it ended. It is a shame how it ended, but I feel like, you know, so much good has come from it for a lot of people, actually, you yeah. know, like the people that, that left there, I'm, I understand it was a really amazing place to work, but I mean... Yeah, did you ever get to go no, there? No, I didn't, no. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Good food, good service. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. So only in London and now they have one in Dubai. <laughs> Dubai? Yeah, yeah. they just okay. opened one up in Dubai. Yeah. It's amazing. I guess it would go down really well in Dubai. Yeah. Like being seen and yeah. <laughs> spending money and so yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wow. Yeah. I was interested, though, to hear, um, I heard you mention that you became a chef at 15. Yep. And so that's the classic path, isn't it, for chefs yeah, to so start early. But did you looked, always know? Like, looked for career at school. You did. And started doing um, like afternoon tea on the weekends. Yeah. Um, so did that when I was in like my last year of school. And then finished and knew that I didn't... in Manchester? Yeah, so yeah. I'm from Manchester. Yeah. Yeah, so that was home. Um, did that for a year whilst that maybe like that two months um, I was doing that at home and then obviously finished school and was like do I do an apprenticeship or do I go to uni or college type of thing and I knew I didn't want to study like paper stuff I wanted to be more hands on so that's when I did the apprenticeship um, did that for two years with a pretty good well known chef called Michael Keynes yeah. um, got like two Michelin stars back home and, and that was it really took off from there was worked it- in Devon for two years is your family foodie a foodie family? Uh, just, mum. Thank you. Just okay. two two apples, please. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, no, not at all. <laughs> my grandparents uh, like to cook. My granddad always used to grow his own fruit and veg, so I got involved pretty early mm-hmm. in that stage. But mum and dad can cook to save the life. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah. Sometimes it's because the parents are super inspiring, and you know, yeah. and their family life's all about food. And sometimes it is the opposite. It's just like you know. Yeah, it just comes from something within you, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've probably been cooking since maybe I was, what, 12, 13? Yeah. And then baking with my grandma and then kind of just grew into something that I did every day. Yeah, and, and so the it. afternoon teas, I guess, is sort of tending towards pastry. Yeah, so. So you were always into always pastry? Always pastry, yeah. 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 So even when I did my apprenticeship, it was pastry orientated. I still had to cover food and safety of all the other stuff, but purely just pastry so yeah. yeah it's been like what 12 years now wow yeah so, so what is it about that do you think it's about because um, I was saying to Gareth that it's quite scientific in a way yeah creative like, scientific yeah art works behind it you know yeah. so yeah, I enjoy that yeah I'm just, I, I, I would never see myself in the kitchen yeah. but I've always enjoyed doing the pastry side to it yeah, if it's yeah. at home or at work yeah, right. obviously working at a place like dinner was very military like very strict and follow recipes guide by guide and yeah I just grew into that and that became like my family seven years so you know I think I started a dinner when I was 19 and then I moved here and I'm 27 now so yeah yeah wow so I worked for Devon I worked in Devon for that uh, have you heard of Michael Caine no I haven't he's pretty famous he only has one arm but has two Michelin stars so he had a car accident one night you know working all those horrible hours had an accident, lost an arm, and then became very well known after that. Um, lovely guy, good mentor. Yeah. And okay. then 
because that was in the countryside. I got a bit bored of that, of that you know. I was well, in my teens, so I was 18. Yeah. And then I moved to London. And yeah. then I had a few... Thank you. Thank you. I had a few um, interviews around. Cheers. Sante Bonner. Sante. <laughs> um, had a few interviews around London. And then found myself getting a job at Heston's and loved it every day since. Amazing. So you, yeah, so you're really someone who yeah who hasn't had lots of different jobs. You've had sort of no. two, two major ones, I suppose. Two major yeah. ones, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it would have been probably about three years with doing the apprenticeship, and then they took me on after that. Yeah. Um, it was like a chef de party, and then I moved to London and started there and just worked my way up, and yeah. then they moved me here. Yeah. Yeah, but you wanted to go to Copenhagen. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I was leaving London. Yeah. So you were ready was, to leave anyway. Yeah, so, you know, four years. I couldn't really move up much more at dinner at the time because we had such a big team. And it was either the head chef or me. I was like, I'm not going to have his role anytime soon. So it's like, you know, let's move on somewhere else. Um, yeah, Denmark, purely because two of my best friends worked there at Noma and Geranium. And I could have got into one of those places, which mm. would have been amazing. Yeah. And Copenhagen's just a beautiful place. Yeah. Um, but that fell through with Ash. So he was the uh, exec of dinner, like Heston's, you know, right-hand man. Right. And then he contacted me, oh, well, you know, we've got a job for you here, we'll pay for your flight, give you a visa, when can you come? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, you know, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I actually have family here too. Yeah. Um, so that was really, yeah. I think that helped the decision too. Yes. Yeah, it was a big move. <laughs> you know, I'd already left home quite early. Well, 17 to work to do the apprenticeship in the countryside. I was like four hours from home. Yeah. So I was already quite independent by then, but like moving to Australia was like, oh, yeah. Big move, but I never regretted it. Was there a bit of a culture shock though when you first arrived? No. <laughs> I actually, like, the life from living in London, um, the lifestyle here was so much better. Yeah. And a lot, you get a lot more for your money here. Yeah. London yeah. was so expensive. Yeah. You know, I'd have to share with maybe three housemates and you're paying for your room. Yeah. Where I came here and I've got like my own house what? for the same for the same <laughs> price what you were yeah. paying for yeah, there, you know what I mean? I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. But when I moved here I stayed with family and stuff, yeah. so yeah. my auntie lives in Sydney and then she has two kids, like my great cousins in Melbourne. That's great. Isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. And obviously I knew a lot of people at dinner. Because they had already made the move for the opening like a year ago. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And what's it like to work? Well, I suppose you don't have any comparison, but um, I feel like there's a lot of chefs in the kitchen at a place like dinner. So, yeah. How so many I think on there was a about, shift? There was about 50 in the kitchen. Yeah. And there was about 13 of us on pastry. It's and huge, then the same, the same in the restaurant. Yeah. Like from like managers to sommeliers, commies, you know. It was like 100, 100 staff team. So does it not become impersonal, or do you do you get to know all of those people? Or yeah, you get to know. Yeah. So we had a three-day rota. So we had three days off, which was nice. Wouldn't be set days, and we, we were open every day. Yeah. So it just depends on the rota, but you would always see everyone and work with everyone. Yeah, yeah. But it depends how long people stay. Yeah. Especially in London, we got a lot of people that come, and wasn't for them, you know. Especially in London, I used to work 80-hour weeks. Yeah, yeah. And that was the norm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some people couldn't get used to that and but even here it was very difficult too we had like a lot of back-to-back shifts so i'd finish service one night at midnight and the next day i'd be on an early and i'd be up at i'd be starting at eight yeah you know what i mean it's a 
exhausting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I was so used to that. So that sort of work safe or the work, the working rules now that we have, does that stop that kind of thing? Or yeah, well, that's yeah. why. That's why. That's why what happened. They got into trouble. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's strange how London, London still gets away with it, but I guess just different, different rules there. I'm not sure, but yeah. it's interesting. I mean, there is. Um, you know, I know Danny said this and I was thinking I've spoken to lots of chefs too who um, just love what they're doing so much that they're willing to put in the hours but I guess it's about um, respect and what's fair and being paid for that as well So Yeah, um, well I think when you sign up to a job like that you kind of know what you're in for or I did anyway, you know, I've yeah. been doing it since I was a kid, Yeah. so that that's all I knew, Yeah. you know what I mean I, would, you know, I could never imagine having a job like oh, it's 9 till 5 and then you have the night off like it's not, how, it's not really how a restaurant works is it so no, it's always right. hard to think about that yeah, but yeah. I loved it and they paid the pay was very good here yeah. compared to London yeah. but again that was just the difference between London and Melbourne so yeah but I learned so much loved it everyone became family much, yeah. Um, just, yeah just the way it ended it was actually two years on Valentine's yeah, Day. Yeah, I know, Valentine's yeah. Day. Gareth was saying that as well. Cause I, I saw him on Monday, on Valentine's okay, Day, and he was right. saying well, it was the anniversary of it all, coming yeah. to an end. Um, so, yeah, you would have learnt a lot. And I, because I hadn't been to um, the Duck or to um, right. dinner, yeah. I just sort of imagined anything by Heston had lots of um, molecular stuff, but Gareth was saying it not so much. It was a bit more paired back at dinner and yeah. um, a lot more classic. That's classical. why dinner was so popular, I think. So yeah, Fat right. Duck, yes. Yeah. Very, like, theatrical and, you know, you come in and you're sitting there for four hours having tasting menus and different experiences, like... It takes you to the countryside through food, and then you're at the beach with like the seashells, <laughs> yeah. like all that type of stuff, which is amazing. Yeah. We don't do that every day. No. Where dinner is a lot more stripped back, like you were saying, yeah. a la carte. Yeah. You know, you can go there, you can have a good steak and chips, but it's going to be the best one you ever had. Yeah. So more food like that. Yeah. Yeah. What were the challenging things to like getting your head around to around pastry in a kitchen like that, in terms of the learning curve, or you just Lacked it all up. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the way it worked was so normally when you say you're a pastry chef, you think, you know, you're just doing one thing all the time. But dinner was such a big restaurant and we used to do so many covers. Um, we actually had different sections in the pastry section. Oh, okay. Oh. So you would have the ice cream section, so they would be in charge of making the ice creams, churning those every day, and then they would also have three plated desserts. And then you would have the tipsy section, the tipsy cake section, so they're purely, you know, doing the tipsy cakes yeah. you know we would do hundreds of those yeah. a day and then we would have the service like the, the pass so either myself or Gareth was doing that yeah. and then the back was more like the cheese and more preppy stuff and then obviously downstairs production Yeah. so there was what five sections on the pastry section that's crazy wow. so it was such a you know operation it is hence so many staff yeah. and so many hours especially with the <laughs> especially with the covers that we used to have to do so yeah and how yeah. they keep track of all of that that's incredible <laughs> exactly well that's why there was so many like you know staff and people that have been there for years and worked their way up to become managers and stuff to keep it like consistent because obviously Heston's not there yeah so Ashley would fly in every you know every few months to mm-hmm. see how things go and everything goes through him like development recipes etc mm-hmm. um, but yeah just yeah. learn so much very exciting every day Every day was different. Yeah. And obviously amazing. we changed the menu seasonally as well, so yes. it's not always, oh, you just do this, 
because you had those different sections, once someone became, you know, comfortable there, then we would swap them to something else just to, you know, keep them learning, which was always nice. So once you've done them all and then you can, you know. It sounds thrilling and like you learned a lot and so on, but then I read somewhere that you said you wouldn't go back to a restaurant. No, so yeah, so then it was obviously, obviously I've started the business now. Yeah. Um, so that became through my building. Yes. Um, we had a WhatsApp group. So obviously lost a job. Yes. Couldn't get a job. Yeah. Then COVID hit. Yes. What am I, what am I doing? Am I going home? Am I going to stay and try and figure something out? Yeah. Um, and I actually joined a WhatsApp group for the building that I'm in. Um, more of like a community thing. In the first lockdown, no one knows what's going on. Someone needs to go to the shops and need something, message me type of thing. You know? Yeah, we've it's got very one nice. in our building as well. But so <laughs> lovely, you know, it's like, yeah. a little, it's like 50, 50 people on that. Yeah. I'm not in a big sky rise, it's a nice little old building, like, good community now. Yeah. And I was told, like, just introduce yourself, you know, face your chef, I don't have a job, message me if you need a cake, because, yeah. you know, you can't get one anywhere. Yeah. And everyone still wants to celebrate the birthday, yeah. even if you're in lockdown. Yeah. And I've got like 20 orders, like, in the hour. <laughs> I was like, this is mad. Wow. So everyone's just trying to support me and, you know. Yeah. But at that point, like, so pastry chef and cake maker is a lot different. Yes, it is. Do you know what I mean? I know. Yeah, so I've been a pastry chef for 11 years. Yeah. I've made cakes at home, but I've not done it to the level that I would do a dessert, let's say. Yeah, so how'd you make that shit? So kind of like getting into that and I wasn't saying I'll just do this. Message me, you know, something you haven't been able to make. One was like, oh, I... Make, tried to make Portuguese tarts like 10 times failed can I order 20 from you it's like yeah you know and it gave me that like confidence back and you know ability to be like to work again yeah after so many weeks of having the restaurant closed and not knowing what to do yeah it's like oh it's exciting again you know and I guess even if it's something we hadn't maybe done before you've yeah. got that knowledge of how exactly. ingredients work and yes and so it's do, just trying yeah. to use that knowledge and imply it into doing this. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, um, look amazing on your you. Instagram. Your Instagram <laughs> looks it's so um it's very pink. Pink and blue is very bright. Yeah, so that's uh, gorgeous. So pink and blue is the brand. Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah so obviously got those orders and started working through that, getting to know the neighbours and getting their support. Um and then just weeks went by and I was like, oh I can make something of this. Yeah. Started the Instagram, not like what it looks like now. I was doing it myself, just taking photos and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Sheik the Party came through Chef the Party. Yeah. And Sheik, I like fashion, so that was easy for me to come up with that. And then just the Instagram. Yeah. It's crazy how Instagram works. Yeah. And then that just kind of blew off. Yeah. Danny was in touch, and then I've been in the Herald Sun and all the good food and all that stuff. And then obviously that helps and gets your name out more, and, yeah. but mostly word of mouth. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And it is. I think it's probably the great thing about a lot of big cities. But it's the great thing about Melbourne is that um, people are really, they want those stories and they want yes. to... Um, I would never imagine doing what I'm doing now in London. No. Not a chance. No. Yeah. Not a chance. People are very willing to spend money on good, you know, products here. Obviously, the name helped me sell quite well at the beginning. Yeah. Like, you know, our egg dinner by Hessian Chef, Pastry Chef. Or, yeah. you know, we loved it. And yeah. that's how I ended up making, so I make the Bruzy Brioche. So they used to make a tipsy cake, what we did there, like a small, like, single serve. Oh, can you, like, make that? I want it for, like, a dinner party. So I kind of, like, reinvented it and make a bigger version and called it the Bruzy Brioche. Yeah. And yeah. just stuff like that just flew out the window. 
Are there certain um, things that you can't make because they're from the dinner kitchen, for example, or do you, you know, either things that you're um, you're not allowed to redo or not really? Not... So, tipsy cake was from dinner, but it wasn't through dinner. It was through a pastry chef that used to work there. Obviously, I'm not, I can't call it tipsy cake, but I just like reinvented it to become my own, just because you know someone's asked for it. Why not? Yeah. Because yeah, when I started off, I was very much I'm happy to to do anything because. That was good for me, yeah. you know, trying new things, because like I was saying, like, I've been doing desserts for so long, but not so much cakes and things like that. Yeah. So just trying to see what worked well for me, yeah. and also for, like, the customers too. So, so how many orders are you getting a week now? At the minute? Oh, it depends. So I've just been on holiday, but let's say Valentine's Day, like, so I'd still, just myself, just me at home. So I'll go back to the house bit as well, so got all the orders through the WhatsApp, and then obviously saw the demand and um, applied for the food license through yeah. the council. Um, so pretty much turned our spare bedroom into a kitchen. Fridge, storage, workbench, all the you know equipment I needed. Because uh, I knew how I, I wanted to work. Yeah. And obviously, I, you know, to get the license you needed to be professional, everything labelled, blah de blah And yeah, that took a while. Yeah. To get approved, yeah. just because of the lockdown. I think it took them like maybe three months to come and see me. Um, so once that was all, you know, ticked off and approved, it was like, yeah, this is it. And I can't believe it. it's been like two years. It'll be two years in March. Yeah, wow. Yeah. But just through Instagram. Oh, so you really got into that a month after. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I never really looked back. No, yeah. Once you saw like the demand, it's like, okay, there's definitely something here that I yeah, can yeah. work on. Um, yeah, it was just exciting, and I still, obviously, I love it now. Yeah. Being my own boss and, you know, meeting all these new people and all the clients and their contacts. So apart from Chic de Pade, I'm also a private chef. And I wanted to ask you about that. That's, um, yeah. that's good, a good gig. <laughs> yeah, also through the building that I'm in. Yeah. So one of my neighbours um, is a, an economist to Harold Mitchell. Harold Mitchell's like this big uh, entrepreneur, uh, he's retired now, he's like 76. Lovely man. Um, but that came about, she was one of the ones that ordered a cake. Uh, obviously, take the cake up to her. Oh, you know, thank you so much, blah de blah She's like, oh, it's actually for tomorrow. How, how do you, how would I go about, it was quite a big cake. Um, apparently he had a Zoom call and he was going to share it and send it out to all his friends and family. So the day after, they send a chauffeur to come and pick me up. So I get chauffeured to Spring Street. It's got a two-story penthouse. There, cutting up a cake. And then ever since, it's been cakes, lunch, everything. It's amazing. It is amazing. But so humble and such lovely people. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. You're going to have to write a book about your life, aren't you? Like it, I think so. I think so. This is one of those, maybe there's a movie in it. No, like, it's like two years later and it still doesn't feel real. No. Having this connection. Awesome. Yeah. Because it's insane. He sent us to the tennis a few weeks ago in his, in his whatever it was, like his VIP seats. And, and so you can have a life though as well. And yeah. weekends and yeah. evenings, I guess. And yeah. you, know, you can pick your, when you're going to do some baking. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, Chic de Party is the main priority. Yeah. And I do this on the side for them. It's only like once a week. Yeah. Or if you need cakes, obviously, that comes back to Chic de Party. But... Um, just really good to have them behind me. Yeah. They've been very supportive. Yeah. Yeah. And really helped like me grow into Chic de Party and things like that. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
And so now you're all, your visa stuff's all over. That's so I'm on a de facto with my partner. Okay, yeah. So he's from Thailand, but um, Australian citizen yeah. from about maybe last year. Yeah. Um, we already had talk about doing that, but obviously fast forward that a bit because of my situation. Yeah, yeah. So either, you know, or you come to London type of thing, which I wasn't ready to go back to London yet. Maybe right. in the next, in another 10 years or something. Yeah, right. But this was home. Yeah. Yeah, and you're making it work. Like, absolutely work. Yeah. Awesome. And now I'm obviously doing pretty good. Yeah. So order-wise, um, just depends. Obviously, I can control it all. I have a website and everything now, so um, just trying to work it for me. Yeah. I was doing a bit too much. You know, I hate to say no. Yeah. When you get people messaging, oh, can we do this, can we do this? So I was working, you know, I was probably working the same hours that I would do at the restaurant for myself, which is great. You know, the more hours I was putting in, the more it was growing and growing. It was so rewarding to see that. But then I, saw, I also burnt out a bit. I was like, yeah. I need to step back. For some nights, I was up till midnight still doing, yeah. you know, orders because yeah. it was just myself. I'm still at home. Yeah. And I had grow home months and months ago. But trying to find a, I want to stay in the city. Yes. I'll tell you about why, why in a moment. So city or like South Melbourne. Yeah. So I'm looking for a small shop. Yeah. Not a cafe. I just need a kitchen. Yeah. A proper kitchen. Yeah. Just so I can grow a little bit more and help, get some help. Yeah. Like hire a staff, you know. So just to. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. You get that, you're at that point. That's so good. Yeah. yeah. Just to let the load off me a bit, because yeah. it is a lot. Because I it's everything, you know. I'm taking the orders. I'm making the orders. I'm delivering or delivering. waiting for pickups or, you know yeah, what I mean, right. doing everything. Yeah. Designing, so, trying to do new things. And is it only people in Melbourne that can order from you? Or? Yeah. 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 Because of the integrity of the product, they can't travel? Or? I can't, no, I can't yeah. travel. So everything's so fresh as well. Yeah. So yeah. normally it needs to be eaten on the day or the day before yeah. or the cake's like three days. Yeah. Although it doesn't sound like you need people from anywhere else. <laughs> Melbourne's keeping no. you busy. Melbourne's keeping me very busy. And it's all um, just... Um, what do I want to say? People at home ordering. It's not um, restaurants or... So a lot of clients are home-based, yes. Yeah. And then, so the reason I was wanting to stay in the city, and um, so I, I do a lot of wholesale too. So I used to do wholesale for most of the cafes during lockdown because I do quite a wide range of products. So I've got the cakes and I've got the brioche that I told you about, but the Portuguese tarts. Macaron. Yeah, exactly. So... People were enjoying the variety yeah. as opposed to, oh, I just do this and that's all you can get. That was a bit boring for me. Yeah. That's why I like to have the variety and keep it interesting and exciting for myself. Um, so St. Ali, Entrecot, Abacus, we're all getting uh, wholesale Portuguese tarts during the week. We're just doing like 200 a week oh <laughs> from an oven. You can yeah. like, Just a normal kitchen oven. Make yeah. it work. But yeah. I was a bit like 5 a.m., baking like 10 trays and then they get sent off to the, all the cafes yeah yeah I've kind of packed that in a bit now because I don't really need that anymore that was more of just a bit of support for me and me helping them out because they couldn't get the products and getting my name out a bit um, but I also so Chanel Cartier Fendi and Dior so all their VIPs all the cakes go through me which is insane it is insane yeah <laughs> and, and that was love it. do you have a like from your fashion side do you have an yeah. in then with them yeah exactly <laughs> so I really love that aspect and getting to know them and obviously all their clients are super you know bougie and yeah. obviously once they get something then they love it and then they pass the word on so it's really really worked out well yeah, yeah. but that was mostly during lockdown as well you know a lot of them were still doing online shopping 
and they had a birthday, then they would be in touch with me. Oh, we need you to organise this cake for next week. Send it to this address, blah de blah. And that was happening, you know, across all of these, you know, um, shops. And, yeah. That's why I want to stay in the city, just because it be more accessible for them. I don't want to lose that relationship. You know, I could move to Fitzroy and wouldn't be the same. Most of my clients are city-based as well. And do you... Do you think about food a lot? Yeah. We... Me and my partner, we were here yesterday, we were just out every day around Melbourne, just supporting as well, like, yeah. and obviously being in Hospo, you either know the people working there, or you understand why you love it so much, because yeah. you just like to be out and about, yeah. you know, and that's what Melbourne's known for, right, and food you, and wine. Do you have lots of cookbooks, or are you... Loads of cookbooks, yeah. Yeah. it's always trying to get new inspiration, yeah. and, but it's just having the time for that, we that's what I was trying to say, trying to, like, factor in some downtime for myself, because I would be working Monday to Sunday, like, flat out. I've been trying to take like Monday, Tuesdays off now. Um, yeah, just to unwind a bit, see friends, catch up with people, and yeah, read my cookbooks and just get new inspiration. I was living vicariously through your um, Instagram photos of Hamilton Island. That looked oh, really cool. that was. But you obviously, I mean, you deserve that break. Needed that. Because <laughs> yeah, I been, wouldn't have been away since. Well, no one's been away. 2019. Yeah. yeah. That and was, just to get out of the, you know. Just a change of scenery. That's yeah. what we needed. Beautiful. We booked that like ten days before we went. It was like, let's just do it. Yeah. You know, we booked Tasmania the year before, and then lockdown happened again. And it was like, oh. So just to be able to go away and do that was, yeah, just yeah. like a breath of fresh air. Amazing. Which is really what we needed. I've booked, I've booked tickets home to New Zealand several times. And <laughs> so you're from New Zealand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I feel bad saying that because we don't have those same visa things. For now, yeah. for now. Yeah. That, that could always come to an end, that yeah. special visa. Yeah. But yeah. No, it would be nice for you to get home. Yeah. Just nice to get out of, you know, you do this, you know what I mean? Like, especially because I was stuck in, so I'm, I'm in an apartment, you know, and wasn't, I know I'm working from home, but it wasn't like a nine till five work from home. No. It was like every day and I could not like escape. No, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. Yeah. But it just became, there was, I think there was a point where it was just like, like burned out and had enough. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So it's just nice to relax. And now I'm back and it's like, oh, back to myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're so animated when you talk. It's so lovely talking to someone who's so passionate about what they've done. And I, I absolutely mean it. What an ama- it's such an amazing story. It definitely is some kind of cinematic or book thing for sure. Absolutely. I can a book with um, some recipes in it and beautiful photos. And- yeah, <laughs> one day. I've got quite a few things in the works as well this year, which is exciting. Um, mostly through friends as well. Yeah. Do you know Orlando? Uh, he has a cocktail. Again, somebody from dinner that started a, a cocktail business. He was like the head bartender at dinner. Okay. And he's doing really well and he wants to like develop like collab cocktail with me and chic the party. So just little things like that that are in the works for this year. Yeah. What a fun life. <laughs> yeah. I'm well meeting done. all these, you know, beautiful people. It's lovely to meet you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I'm so glad you got in touch with me too. Cause Sometimes I feel bad. Like I listen to you know Danny, and so I'm like, oh, how did I not know about this person or you know that person? But there's so much going on all the time. And yeah. You know, and um, I do get a bit bogged down sometimes by French teaching and then trying to do the other stuff. But no, I'm I not bogged down. I love French teaching, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm so glad that you got in touch because it was, um, yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm glad I did. Um, I always like to talk, so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I think there's plenty. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Aidan Robinson. 
If you want to experience all the greatness for yourself, which of course you do, you can follow Aiden on Instagram at chicdeparty. That's at C-H-I-C-D-E-P-A-R-T-I-E. And see his glorious blue and pink branding and gorgeous cakes, macarons and all-around goodness. As for me, I'm also on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef. And if you want to read the chat, you can head to www.conversationwithachef.com. I would absolutely love it if you told a friend about my chats. And of course, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or click follow on Spotify so I know you're there. Once again, thanks so much for listening. Have a great day and I'll see you next time.